So we have as a first speaker Dina Bailey from Africa. Uh, Dina just uh, just told that the the whole topic arised very logically uh, from from uh, us in the first THD talks discussing about the report soon to be uh, provided to the backs. And 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 uh, of course, then the environmental issues and, and and carbon footprint are the first ones to to be reported about, and and that's where that's why before going into deep into any other topics of of ESG, then of course carbon footprint is is is, is something important to talk rather in the beginning earlier than 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 later, and. Um, and one of the things around or, or thoughts around of ESG and, and, and the ESG talks uh, was that, um, uh, of course, uh, the, the topic is very large and, and, and it's not that uh, we as lawyers could, could, could solve uh, or consult on anything uh, related to ESG because it it's, it's just involves too many expert, expertise is required. And... Um, so the idea, one of the ideas of ESG talks was also to, to show uh, or introduce to, to our clients another interest interest other experts which might be useful uh, when, 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 when thinking about the ESG and, and trying to solve ESG related um, issues in the companies, be it strategy or, or, or whatever else. So I'm happy to introduce you and, and, and the floor is yours and, and probably you can start with, uh, I don't know, two words about AFRI as well. Thank Thanks. you, Edward. Yes, I'm, I'm very happy to be here. So thank you for the invitation. And as Eva introduced, I will uh, talk about the climate impact and, and what it means from company's perspective and, and what should we be prepared for. And just checking all that. You can now see my screen. Yes, it's there. Yes, perfect. Thank you. Uh, yes, AFRI, or how we pronounce it in English, AFRIC, is probably not so familiar to all of you. You might have heard of OS and BERI, which were two separate companies before. But they merged um, some four years ago. So OF uh, was from Sweden and Berg from Finland. And now together they are, or we are, A3. And uh, we are a consultant company uh, with uh, engineering and design and advisory services. Total uh, number of staff is, is currently uh, 90,000. And our Main uh, focus areas are infrastructure, food and life science, clean energy, and bioindustry. But we do work uh, also outside these sectors. And then myself, I come from a management consulting division of AFRID, which is a division with uh, 6,600 uh, uh, employees. And uh, we work mainly uh, supporting uh, managers in companies with the issues regarding uh, energy transition, transition to bioeconomy, uh, decarbonization, sustainability issues, 
etc. And we are backed by those uh, 19,000 experts around other parts of Africa. Uh, so we are really global in, in all over the globe. And, uh, and uh, our business is making future together with you companies and but also with uh, authorities and uh, cities and municipalities so we are helping uh, and supporting them with uh, with this transition towards sustainable society so this was briefly about AFRI and then few words about where we stand in terms of uh, global issues. One of the challenges is that we will be 5 billion by that are uh, reaching the middle class by 2030. And this means uh, that, of course, it's a good news as the world is pushing back poverty, but at the same time, it is a challenge because to live up with the middle class, uh, a lot of standard of living, uh, requires lots of resources, and and it will not be sustainable anymore if we want to live up the way the Brundtland Commission has defined, which is the the definition of sustainable future, which says that we need to satisfy our needs without compromising future generations' possibilities to provide for theirs. So this means that we really need to shift business models, which have to move from products to services more, and also from linear to more circular economy. So words like reduce, reuse, recycle become more inevitable. And the other challenge, as we all know, is, is the climate issue, the failure of climate change mitigation adaptation is the number one risk currently identified by the World Economic Forum's Global Risk Report. And uh, that is the reason why we have this Paris Agreement that take, took place in 2015, which uh, tries to hold a global average temperature increase well below two degrees, prefer preferably in 1.5 degrees uh, in comparison to pre-industrial levels. Um, there is also this so-called carbon law, which is proposed by researchers to tackle the, the challenge. So, and the carbon law means that we should uh, halve the greenhouse gas emissions every decade. So by 2030, we should halve the emissions that we had in 2020, and then again halve in the following decade. And uh, this is not, this is the average, the global 
uh, demand. And of course, it means that every individual stakeholder needs to take part. So this is the decade of action, really. And uh, the good news again is that uh, to half emissions uh, for the first decade uh, is is a big jump, but also for many companies, it's the easiest part, the first half. And while it's a huge challenge, it also may come with uh, enormous business opportunities. There are also many other mega trends companies have to consider, like uh, brand and reputation regulatory requirements that are increasing. The complex supply chain, it's really hard nowadays sometimes to uh, control the whole supply chain. And as we have all learned, it's, it, they are very vulnerable, vulnerable in cases of uh, crisis and so on. Also, consumers have the changes, their preferences towards more sustainable issues, all the pressure from their side. Millennials are uh, thinking more stress and, and uh, they have the digital uh, capabilities and then we have needs for transparency uh, to avoid any greenwashing etc and also not only climate change is the issue but the esg in, in general with the all sustainability aspects here are some examples of uh, what is included in the esg so the environmental, social, and governance aspects will be considered. Uh, as said, they are examples. It's a huge number of different aspects that can be considered, and it's really case and company-specific, which is relevant, and, and what are the most important parameters and topics to look at in different companies. Uh, the European regulatory is really evolving on, the, on this area. And maybe to point out the latest ones, it is the EU taxonomy. I will have another slide about that. And then uh, the latest, that is the Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive that came out January this year. And then there will be the new directive uh, regarding the green claims coming up later this year. So lots of new things popping up uh, all the time. EU taxonomy is uh, important in terms of uh, investors and investments because it helps the investors to cl classify and understand uh, the sustainability of of different options and, and potential investments. Uh, the EU taxonomy is divided in six different themes. And uh, to be in uh, to be aligned with the taxonomy, you need to be better than than others or contribute positively in one of the of the areas, and at the same time make sure that. Uh, you don't do harm in any other, any other areas either. So this is one of the latest tools.
then there are, of course, lots of uh, voluntary-based um, initiatives, frameworks, if you like. For example, science-based target is maybe one of the most used, at least by the biggest companies. It, it's uh, uh, based on Paris Agreement and it provides a pathway for companies to reduce their emissions uh, in accordance to the Paris Agreement. There is some other voluntary-based project which is CDP, where uh, three categories are classified per company. So each company can uh, deliver their performance in terms of climate change, water security, and, and forests. And they are classified from A to D, A, B, C, or D, and plus and bonuses are also used. So the companies are compared to each other with this classification. Then there is this TCFD recommendations, lots of letters, I'm sorry, that, that comes from Task, for, Task Force on Climate-Related Financial Disclosure, and this is about risks. So how companies are prepared for climate-related risks in terms of governance, strategic, risk man management and, and metrics and targets are the main best that I looked at. Um, so how to react? For example, what comes to energy sources, there are lots of uh, ways to decrease uh, fossil carbon emissions, like switching from fuels more to electricity site, biogas and biomethane are green options. Hydrogen is very much on hot potato at the moment. Of course, it, it takes lots of energy that needs to be green. So green electricity is needed to produce green hydrogen. Energy efficiency can be be improved, even though in many companies it is already improved quite as much as possible. Carbon capture and storage are technical solutions to capture actually carbon emissions and store them, but it's currently still a little bit expensive solution, but uh, will be one of the big future solutions, definitely. Of course, renewable energy and then carbon offsets is something that you can use after you have done all other kind of uh, possibilities to reduce your own emissions. And there are still always some emissions left that you cannot reduce, and those will be offset in case you want to become carbon neutral. And uh, there are different types of offsets, and there's also this discussing ongoing which offsets are um, kind of credible and acceptable 
the, the, the market is a little bit wild still at, at this stage. So probably there will soon be also more strict directives on what offsets are really accepted and, and they really, really uh, reduce the carbon from the atmosphere. At A3, we, for example, support our clients with developing science-based decarbonization strategies and roadmaps where we can uh, analyze the current situation that is the starting point and then then make a roadmaps of different options in, in case you, for example, would like to become carbon neutral, neutral what are the pathways to do it. And as a last but not least uh, point, I would like to raise uh, the handprint approach. This is something new. Uh, all this uh, uh, discussion before in, in the presentation was about emissions and the negative impacts of, of uh, our access when we introduce carbon emissions. But at the same time, many companies produce products or provide services that actually can help some other companies or actors to reduce their emissions. And th these are positive impacts, but they are not that much discussed yet. And they are now the kind of coming uh, way of uh, showing that uh, at the same time, while we reduce our emissions, we are uh, finding and, and producing solutions that actually help reducing emissions even more. And, and we, this way we create positive impacts, which is called a handprint or carbon handprint, in case we talk about carbon emissions. And they are, this is a very useful way also to measure and to plan. Uh, it's a, it can support strategic decision making when it helps to identify what are the best solutions, what solutions create the biggest handprint in different markets, etc. And also it helps you to communicate your stakeholders. What are the positive impacts of your project? So, I think I will stop here. In terms of course, open for any questions. Yeah, it looks like uh, we don't have questions at the moment. Everybody is busy thinking about it, most likely. Uh, it uh, Sometimes it is so that the questions start coming in a bit later. Uh, let um, let let's uh, let's do it so that then let's proceed to well this presentation and uh, yeah let's see what, what the questions once they come in. Thanks a lot, Tina.